everyone, and welcome to Literary Demerit, a podcast where we take a look at works of questionable literary merit. I'm Siobhan. And I'm Kester. We are closing in on the ending to uh, My Immortal. Last week, we read uh, chapters uh, 34 to 39 of uh, My Immortal by Tara Gillespie, the uh, alleged worst fan fiction of all time. Do you want to give us a summary of what we read last week? Okay, yes. So last week, Ebony time-traveled back to the 80s again to meet with Satan, who invited her to watch The Exercise with him that night before attending a Marilyn Manson show in Hogsmeade. Satan is uh, Voldemort uh, in the past. (laughs) Yes, he goes by Satan. (laughs) He's not called Tom Riddle. Tom Tom Ridd is a completely different character. (laughs) Different character, yeah. No relation. (laughs) No relation. He's called Satan because that's his middle name. It turns out Satan and a group of his friends, uh, Sirius, James, and Snape, are in a goth band together, and they're supposed to open for Marilyn Manson at the concert, but they're unfortunately missing a lead singer. Uh, Ebony told them that she's also in a goth band and offered to perform with them. I should note, when young Lucius is introduced in this story, Ebony's narration comments that he still had two arms. Uh, This is the first that we've heard of him missing an arm, and he isn't missing one in canon, but don't worry, all will be explained, sort of. Uh, Ebony then decided that she needed a new outfit for the show, so she traveled back to the present with the help of Morty McFly, who showed up and uh, took his time machine out of his pocket to let her use. Uh, it comes out at this point that both Dumbledore and Treble Rehab have been sent to Azkaban, uh, him for having cancer, her for being too gothic. Hagrid also attempted to slip amnesia potion into Ebony's drink for reasons that are never explained. This is mostly worth mentioning because after this amnesia potion is talked about like it's some sort of aphrodisiac or roofie or something, and Ebony tries to drug Satan with it later in the story, which we'll get to. Uh, Anyway, Tom Ridd gave Ebony some new goth clothes, but then Dumbledore, who's back from Azkaban but isn't currently a headmaster, showed up. And so Ebony quickly traveled back in time. Ebony swipes some amnesia potion from Professor Slutborn's office, uh, remember this, and then met back up with Satan. Uh, Slutborn is probably a misspelling of uh, Slughorn, but it probably. doesn't matter because he's a, a completely different character. He's a goth twink in this story. Yeah, yeah. But he teaches potions is the important part. And she met she met back up with Satan, and they headed to the movies and began watching... Uh, well, it definitely wasn't The Exorcist uh, from the little description we get. It sounds like they're watching a slasher movie, but whatever. Ebony tried drugging Satan's Nightmare Before Christmas cigar with Amnesia Potion, but he told her it wouldn't work because Amnesia Potion hasn't been invented yet, despite her getting it from Slughorn's office in the past. And then they just start making out and taking each other's clothes off in the theater. A lady sitting behind them attempted to tell them off, but Ebony attacked her and sucked her blood. Uh, Then they left to go to the concert, although it appears they showed up too late to open for Marilyn Manson as the concert was in full swing when they arrived. Uh, He was nice enough to let the band perform anyway. They covered I'm Not Okay, I Promise by MCR, but Lucius screwed up the end of the song and a fight broke out between the boys. James took out a gun and tried to shoot off Lucius's arm, but Ebony jumped in front of the bullet, intercepting it. Uh, So that is where we're picking up from this time. Uh, We also covered the troll chapter, which I'll summarize really briefly because um, the events of the troll chapter aren't relevant going forward. But um, to to briefly summarize the troll chapter, uh, Ebony succumbs to her gunshot injury and dies which has the effect of restoring harry potter canning back to normal uh ebony's punishment in the afterlife is that she's forced to wear preppy clothes which she is unable to remove if she tries taking them off there's just another preppy outfit underneath the end 
and uh, the troll chapter was posted by, uh, allegedly posted by a hacker who uh, yeah. took over Tara's account, posted that chapter and uh, what Tara had written in the drafts, and then left. Yeah, so um, chapter 40, where we're picking up from, is the chapter that the troll posted from the drafts, allegedly. Uh, it, it's actually posted twice in the story. It was posted at the end of chapter 39, and then it's posted again as its own chapter, chapter 40. Tara then gets back into her account and proceeds to post the next several chapters, which we'll be covering this week as well. And we are saying allegedly, uh, just based on the possible theory that it wasn't uh, a troll and it was like Tara all along, and this is all part of the metafiction, but... Yes. So we're not saying allegedly because we we definitively think that it it wasn't an actual hacker, but... Um, we, we have our it, doubts. Yeah. There's room for skepticism here. Alright, so let's pick up from chapter 40. This is the one that the troll uh, posted, but Tara just left it up because, well, she was going to post it anyway. Uh, and it is chapter 40, lol, someone has taken my account over. And then uh, the author's note that we've already read. We're not going to read the uh, troll's notes because we read them last week. Right, and uh, Tara has her own author's notes anyway. So we'll pick up from there. Um, chapter 40. Uh, chapter 40, A.N. STFU preps... Get a lift, one 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 one. You suck, one one. Oh, and form now on. It'll be in vocation in England until like August, so I won't be able to update for a while. Lols. Thanks to everyone who revowed. Expect the preps who flamed. Fuck you, one. MCR rules six 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 one one one. I woke up in Dunnorse's office on a special gothic coffin. It's nice of them to have that in the office. <laughs> like accommodating the vampire students. Hergrid was in the bed opposite me, in a comma, because Vampire and Draco had bet him up. Mr. Norris was cleaning the room. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> they, they beat him into a coma? He's like nine feet tall. And the cat's, uh, the cat is cleaning the room. The cat is cleaning the room. Mm-hmm. Oh my Satan, what happened? I screamed. Suddenly Volksamort came. He locked less mean than usual. Get the fuck out, you fucking bastard, 1-1, one, one, I yielded. Thou hath not killed vampire yet, 1-1, one, one, he said angrily. Suddenly, he started to cry tears of blood, all selective. Volksamort? OMFG, what's wrong, 1-1, one, 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 I asked. <laughs> She's very concerned. I love this. It's, I really like the tone it has because, um, you know, in canon, everyone's very, very scared of Voldemort. Um, most people refuse to even say his name, right? But... Ebony treats him like he's a fucking nuisance. Like, he shows up and she's just like, get the fuck out of here. And then he starts crying and she's like, wait, hang on, you okay, man? <laughs> like, she does not take him seriously as a threat at all. It's yes. so funny. Suddenly, Lucian, Professor Sinister, and Sirius came. Bloody Mary and Vampire were with them. Everyone was holding black boxes. Volksamort disappeared! OMFG, Enemy, you're alive, 111, screamed Vampire. I hugged him and bloody Mary. What the fuck happened, I asked them. Oh my Satan, Eleven, am I lick dead now? I gasped. Ebony, you were almost shot, Eleven, said Sirius, but the valet could not kill you because you were form another time. That makes sense. But fangs anyway, one. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll accept this. It makes more sense than, like, Amnesia Potion not working because it hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> yeah, except for... How, uh, she said before that the only way you can kill, um, 
of, yeah a vampire is with a, a a cross or a stake right that's that's the other thing like i kind of went into this thinking like okay she's gonna be fine because we know a gunshot injury can't kill a vampire but it turns out it's actually just because of time travel rules but then there's another reason presented later yeah but fangs anyway one said lucian holding Oot his arm i gasped he had two arms so uh this is apparently the reason why uh lucian only had one arm was because uh i don't know who was it james shot off lucian's arm i guess this is on all sorts of levels of causality violations it's probably better if we don't think about it but Mm -hmm. we did talk about it last week right but this this um the fight that they have at the concert presumably would not have happened if ebony didn't time travel anyway because they wouldn't have been able to perform at the show if she wasn't there because they didn't have a lead singer uh, so this entire fight wouldn't have happened unless she time-traveled, but she prevented him from getting the arm injury, which he would have gotten if she didn't time-travel, so... I am confused. Just, just keep reading. Me too. Me too. Let's just keep going. It makes no sense. And it also doesn't matter at all. Like, this is the plot point that means nothing. OMG, I can't believe vampire's dad shot you one, I gasped. Well, to be honest, Snap was pre- possessed by Snap back then, said James. <laughs> Um, it wasn't, it wasn't Snape who shot him, it, it was James, so was- But Snape was possessed by himself at the time, <laughs> so, to be honest. Yeah, he was a spy, Sirius said sadly. He was really a death dealer. <laughs> was a spy, past tense, okay. Snape, as we know, is not a, not a spy anymore. And he was such a fucking poser too, one one, said Lucian. He didn't even really knew who, who GC were until I told him. Yeah, because that's a, that's a band from the 2000s, and this is the 80s. <laughs> yeah. I hope that clears things up. <laughs> well, anyway, everyone tarted to give me presents. I was opening a black box with red 666s. There was a DVD of Corpse Bride in it, on it when I gasped. Um, I think she already owns Corpse Bride. <laughs> she does, because they were watching it in an earlier yeah. chapter. <laughs> Mr. Norris looked up angrily because he hated goths. Maybe he just hates Tim Burton. <laughs> the cat is gothphobic. I love um the idea of you opening presents and your cat like silently judging you like, ugh. You can get a cat and this will not be a concept for you anymore. This will be a reality. <laughs> Joseph's laying on my bed silently judging me right now. He's uh saying, I really hope you left my, uh, my input in last episode. Like, don't worry, yes. I did. Yes. He had a lot to say last episode. Hey, has anyone fucking seen Draco? I asked gothically. No, Draco told me he would be watching Hose of Wax, said Professor Travelry. I guess that's like the porn parody of of, of House House of Wax. Whatever helps you wax off. I I really like how um, whenever someone's watching a movie uh, Mm -hmm. and the other person like asks what they're doing, they know exactly um, what what movie they're watching. Like if I'm gonna, (laughs) if if I say something like, hey guys, see, I'll see you later. I'm gonna go watch a movie. I I would just say, I'll watch a movie. I'm not gonna say like, I'm gonna watch the director's cut of Suspiria by Dario Argento or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't know that you're better. Anyway, the Norse said you could get up. Come on, one. Come on what? (laughs) There, that's my cum joke. There, I, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I got up suicidally. How? <laughs> okay. How? Lucian, Sirius, and Professor Sinister left. I was wearing a black leather night gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I do love that. That, that. That's a really cool word. Night gun, yeah. 
Um, why does she keep wearing leather pajamas? That has to be so uncomfortable. Uh, I assume she didn't even dress herself this time, which, uh... <laughs> it's, it's kind of weirder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Under that, I had on a sexy black leather bra trimmed with black lace, with a matching thong that said gothic girl on the butt, and sexy fishnets that kind hooked onto my thong. If you don't get the idea, massage me, I'll tell you. Um, I won't be doing that. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm trying to imagine, like, a black leather nightgown, and, um, it's, it's definitely, like, just the Organization 13 coats from Kingdom Hearts. Like, there's no other way to imagine it. <laughs> that's what she's wearing. Right, well, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts, so I can't imagine it at all. Um, I don't know why she's wearing a bra to bed. Also, again, it's leather. Like, yes. <laughs> can you imagine the amount this girl sweats in her sleep? Ugh. I, uh, I don't think that would offer much support either. No. No. Maybe vampires don't sweat. Maybe that's, like, the explanation for all of this. I put on a black fishnet top under a black MCR t-shirt, a black leather mini with black lace and Congress shoes. She keeps writing Congress shoes. Yes. I think she actually thinks it's called Congress shoes instead of Converse shoes. <laughs> that's possible. I left the hospital's wings with Bloody <laughs> Mary, Willow, and Vampire. OMFG, let's celebrate, one one gasped Willow. We can go see Hose of Wax with Draco, one giggled vampire. Let's go listen to GC and cut ourselves, 666, 1-1, said Hermione. <laughs> yeah, great idea, guys. We opened the conmen room door sexily. <laughs> and then... I gasped. Draco was there, doing it with Snap! One 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 He was wearing a black t-shirt with 666 on the front and baggy jeans. I'm sure that this will uh will get a uh an explanation. Um He's fully clothed having sex with Snape. Um also uh again with the um they were sitting on their broomsticks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my boyfriend was having sex with a teacher, and also he was wearing a band t-shirt and uh, baggy jeans. And pants, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't really care. Yeah. Um... Not the important part. It reminds me of, like, uh, 2014 era, like, Tumblr callouts, where it would be like, <laughs> this this person is, like, a racist pedophile, and they said bitch once. Yes, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they're a misogynist because they said bitch once. Yeah. They're, uh, also they're, like, kin with... Dirk Strider. Also, they murdered my family. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking prep, Eleven, we all yielded angrily. Yeah, you betrayed us, 111, shooted Vampire angrily as he took out his black gun. No, you don't understand, one screamed Draco sadly as he took his thingy out of Snake. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really sure how to interpret that one. I guess they're docking again. She does, maybe doesn't realize how confusing it is to refer to two different body parts as thingies in the same sentence. Yeah, maybe. No shit, you fucking suck, you preppy bastard, 111, said Willow, trying to attack him. You rock girl one. I ran suicidally to my room. I sexily took a stake out. And it'd be no, 11111, screamed Draco, but it was too late. I had slipped my wrists with it. Suddenly, everything went black again. Oh, so she doesn't put a stake in her heart. She slits her wrists with the stake. Also, like, I don't know. I mean, I know I know they're teenagers, and they're prone to, like, being dumb about relationships and stuff. But, uh, if it, if it were me, and I walked in 
on my boyfriend having sex with a man twice his age in a position of authority over him who he doesn't like, who has, like, tried to secretly record me before. Who has uh, threatened to rape him. Literally who threatened, threatened to, rape, to him ra- rape him, like, a couple chapters ago. Uh, my first thought would not be, like, oh my god, that cheating bastard. I would be thinking, like, holy shit, what's happening here? Like, was he coerced? What's going on? This is very concerning, but none of them think about it. And I don't even think Tara realizes... Uh, how many alarm bells this, like, sets off. Well, of course uh, not. She's I don't like, think she's... Right, she's not thinking about, like, the age difference or the power dynamic here. She's, like, 12. Yeah. So she doesn't she doesn't get this. But, like, from an objective standpoint, this is, this is alarming. I'm sure everything will be uh, explained in the next chapter. So let me... Yeah, read. definitely. Definitely. It will all be cleared up. Chapter 41. A.N. To everyone who kept flaming Diz, gets lift. I bet you probably oughtn't know who Gerard Way is. You're probably all preps and posers. One, 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 one. Anyway, someone hacked into me account in November, and they put up my last chapter, but now there is a new one. I'm sorry for not updating g- for a while, but I've been really busy. I'm trying to finish the story before the new movie comes out. I'm gone on vacation for a mons. I won't be back until about two weeks. <laughs> so not a month. Which movie would have been the new one at uh, at the time? Would that be... Uh... Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. OMFG, Draco is so hot in all depicts for the new movie, 111. I wanted them to put a cameo by Giord Way, lol. He has said play Draco. I think he's a little old to be playing a 16 year old <laughs> yeah even at that time um yeah uh would have been cool if like mcr was the band that played at uh the the yule ball though they fucking should have they should have got MCR. i mean i'm glad they didn't in hindsight but yeah. like that would have whipped if you flame ilslet marists 11 raven you rock girl have fun in england wait i thought you were going to england so are you <laughs> The way she says it makes me think, like, okay, well, they're not going together, but they just happen to be going to England at, like, the same time. Yeah. When I woke up, I was in a strange room. I looked around. I was wearing the same outfit I had when is performed with X Black X T-Rex, 11. I looked around confusedly. It was the nurse's office, but it looked different. On the wall was a pic of Marilyn Munzon, one, 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 one. Just imagine that he is an 80s gothic band too, okay? Because he is more old than Panic, Co or MCR. I don't think she's that far off with this one. I think Marilyn Manson started performing in like the late 80s, but didn't really get any recognition until the 90s. So she, she's close. She's close. I'll give her this one. It's also like, um, that's not the thing that like matters. I mean, we've already established that <laughs> yeah, these it doesn't bands matter. exist. <laughs> yeah. Durr was also a gothic black Beatles calendar with... <laughs> I'm thinking... No, no, no. I'm thinking about that fucking Kafka post. <laughs> what? No, I just started thinking about that post where, where the woman's like... My husband likes to dress up as a beetle. Oh my god. Oh my god. That post where it's like... I need to read this now. Yeah. Uh, like we, we can't, can't we can't get hung up on that post. I could talk about it forever. It's so funny. Okay. 
A-I-T-A for throwing away my husband's couch. He is pretending to be a, a beetle. Spelled, spelled like, like the band. The band. And it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Throw away. Backstory. My 33F husband, 35M, is a successful actor in film and theater. He's very good. He has been in some minor roles in films with some A-list actors and very seriously dedicated to his craft. He's a firm believer in method acting, meaning he tries to truly live his role in order to understand it. Because of mm -hmm. COVID, he basically hasn't had any work this year, and that's been really stressful on us both. A few weeks back, he got the main part in a play by a major theater director, and so he's over the moon to be not just le learning lines again, but working with the greats. He is taking this opportunity extremely seriously. The play is The Metamorphosis, about a German man waking up one day and finding out he has become a monstrous <laughs> bug. A huge beetle. Again, it smelled, Again, like, it smelled the like the band. Uh -huh. <laughs> like consistently throughout this yep. post. Uh -huh. My husband has the man beetle part. For his method acting, he strapped a big thing of cardboard to his back, like six by four feet, to give him the immobility of a big flat bug. He spends all his time on the floor, scurrying around and hissing. <laughs> And hissing and snarling and clicking to communicate parentheses during working hours only. Oh, so that's fine then. It's just when he's on the clock. This isn't really a problem to me. Because, oh, okay. <laughs> because we have enough space in our one bedroom apartment. Do you? <laughs> the real issue is that. <laughs> yeah. The real issue is that since bugs are sensitive to light, he spends most of the day hiding under the couch, sleeping and snarling. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> this sucks, because the couch is the only place in our apartment where I can sit to do work for my company during the day. I don't have a desk. <laughs> yeah. But it's also the only place where he can conveniently lie flat and hide. Our bed frame doesn't have space underneath. Oh, no. This was going on for the last week. I kept tripping over his cardboard <laughs> shell. Yeah. When I walk past the couch and his sub-couch noises would disrupt me while I'm doing work. <laughs> so I kind of lost. While he was sleeping in bed and threw out the couch, I replaced it with a nice big desk and chair from Ikea that I could work on and he couldn't hide under. Oh my god. <laughs> this gets to the AITA question. He is now complaining that I threw out his couch. True. That nowhere else in the apartment is quite as good for being a bug. I'm not sure, and that me sabotaging his ability to be bug-like is compromising our finances. Not really true. I make more money than he does. I'm shocked. He has a point on that throwing out his couch. Might have been over the line, but there wasn't really a good spot for my work desk anywhere else in the apartment. And frankly, the bug under the couch thing was driving me nuts. His method acting still seems to be going fine. He's now spending most of his days under a blanket fort in our bedroom. So no permanent damage appears to have been done other than the couch, which kind of needed to be replaced anyway. Oh my god. When you described this to me the first time, I laughed harder than I had in, like, two years. This this post is just incredible to me. Um, It just, it throws you for so many loops. Like, 
first you think that the husband's gotten a role like playing one of the Beatles, as in like one of the members of the band, um, in some sort of production. But then the reveal is he's he's playing the lead character in the Metamorphosis, um, and Which is, is method not acting about being a beetle. Being a bug. Right. It's not about being a bug. That's the other thing. Like this is a really terrible read of Kafka's Metamorphosis. Like I think this <laughs> play is going to suck, but. You're not meant to read the bug thing that literally. But anyway, um, just that she lays out this entire ludicrous scenario where she has a grown man pretending to be a beetle in their tiny apartment. But it's okay because it's only during working hours. And really the only thing that bothers her is he keeps hiding under the couch. Like that's the, that's the part of this she has the issue with. Not like the entire situation. Okay, we need we need to continue, but I just couldn't. I was going to be laughing the entire time if yeah, I... Yeah, we, um... we needed to get that out of the way. Okay. okay. I'm sorry, everyone. It's... Uh... Yes. Okay. There was also a gothic Black Beatles calendar with a picture of the Beatles wearing eyeliner and black clothes. There were no goth bands in the 80s is the, is the notable thing. So she just had no choice but to do this to the Beatles. This is all uh, just clearly like photoshopped because they never... <laughs> they never wore yeah. that. I, I, I... Again, there was just, there was no goth music in the 80s. There's nothing else she could have done. On it, said 1980. So that's what tips her off. <laughs> yeah. OMFG, I'm back in Tim again. One, one, one. I screamed loudly. I bet Tim's screaming too. It, it is capitalized, the, the name Tim. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Suddenly Satan, this is actually Voldemort for photo reference. Yeah. Voldemort was wearing a black leather jackson, black tight jeans, and fishnet pants. He looked so sexa, I almost had an orgy, Eleven. <laughs> OMFG, Enemy, are you okay? He asked gothically. Yeah, I'm okay for your information, I snapped sexily. <laughs> She's mad now. Yeah. OMG, am I dead? Because I remembered I had jumped in front of the bullet from James's gun. <laughs> I love how she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Am I dead? <laughs> I also remembered seeing Draco doing it with Snap 111. I guessed that when I had slit Maris, I had went back in Tim instead of dying. I know I could go forward <laughs> in time if I found a time toner or the Tim machine. No, you're not dead, Satan reassured suicidally as he smoked a cigarette <laughs> sexily and smoke came all over his face. Okay. You're a vampire, so you can't die from a bullet. So... Th this was the uh, original thing we suspected. Yeah. Uh, so which is it? <laughs> also, he only just found out she's a vampire, but he already knows the vampire lore. Just like to point that out. Come on now, let's go see how Harry's dad is doing. I know that the real reason I didn't die from the ballet was because I was from the future. Ah. But, so are you saying that you would have died if... Uh, yeah. Because, like, both seem to be plausible. Actually, like, the, uh, the she's a vampire thing so she can't die from a bullet seems more plausible. That makes more sense, yeah. That was what I just initially assumed. Yeah. WTF, James almost shot Lucius. I said indigoily. That's a perfectly cromulent word. That is. Indigoily. Mm-hmm. I knew that James had really been possessed, but I didn't want him to know I knew. Yeah, I know, but he had a headache. He was under a lot of stress. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Satan reassured evilly. <laughs> what was evil about that? Uh, some people shoot people to cope. To cope? Yeah. 
I guess that's okay, I said, because James hadn't really shot Lucian. Also, no, he shot you. That's still yeah. not okay. <laughs> also, I know that Lucian would now have two arms instead of one. I walked seductively outside with Satan. Suddenly, I saw a totally sexy gothic bi guy, one one. <laughs> I, guess, I guess he was like wearing a bi pride shirt and he had like uh, yeah, he's, he's got a septum piercing. <laughs> what else? Well, I don't know. I think she can just assume at this point because every goth guy in the story is <laughs> yes. bi, which I wish to God was true in real life, but... He had bletched blonde hair with black streaks up to his ears. Again, with the up to. Like, so it's growing from the bottom of him. Yeah, this is really interesting that she has that uh, in common with Raven. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that makes me think that it's maybe the same person, because it's, it's an odd one. Again, like, if they're friends in real life, they could have picked that up from each other, but it, it's interesting. And he was wearing gothic black illiner, a black Green Day shirt. It showed Billy Joel with bold hair since it was the 80s, black Congress shoes, and black baggy pants. Why does the Green Day shirt have Billy Joel on it? And also Green Day uh, didn't start making music till the 90s. <laughs> it but does apart say, from that. It does say Billy Joel. It does um, say Billy Joel. I also just remembered who this is, so I... Oh, oh, me too. Oh, fuck. Okay, we gotta continue. He walked in all sexly, like Gerard Way in the video for I don't three you lick I did yesterday and you could see a black tear on his face lick the whim in that video. I don't believe they have a song that's titled uh, I don't three you lick I did yesterday and you could see a black tear on his face lick the women in that video. Hey, he said all quietly and gothically. Who the fuck is that? I asked angrily because I did not know him. This is this is how I react whenever I don't know someone. Yeah, yeah I get pissed off. <laughs> okay, here here it comes. Mm-hmm. This is... Hedwig! 11, <laughs> said Volksmort. He used to be an ex-Black X tier X2, but he had to drop out because he broke his arm. Um, so Hedwig is, is Harry's owl. Uh, (laughs) she is a girl but that's not really the problem here um now now uh she's a uh a a goth twink um again and no explanation uh i don't know if this is uh hedwig got uh transformed into a human or uh hedwig uh was a human the whole time and got transformed into an owl um i don't uh uh, J.K. Rowling's actually going to reveal this yes. on uh, her Twitter. She's going to be like, "Well, actually, um, <laughs> did you know that uh, Hedwig was was actually uh, a human man?" I have. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm very excited to reveal this because uh, I wrote Hedwig this way the whole the whole time. Um, it, it was all in my plan, you see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, that's that's crazy. We got uh, we got J.K. Rowling on the podcast. Yeah. Um... Can we kick her off now, though? Yeah. Okay. Or the other scenario could be, like, maybe this is just, um, a guy who's named Hedwig. Some people say that this is a reference to the movie Hedwig and the Angry Itch, and that that's proof that it is a, uh, a troll fic. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but there's apparently some things that you could uh, take out of it and say, like, oh, she's making a reference and she's joking about how some- <laughs> the movie's about a guy named Hedwig and a, uh, <laughs> there's an owl named Hedwig in Harry Potter. I- right. <laughs> I don't know, just considering the amount that um, Tara mixes names up. 
I mean, Filch and his cat get their names swapped. Uh, Crab and Goyle are Fred and George in the story. Um, I I think it's like ninety percent that she mixed the names up, and she was like, I I or I don't even know if she mixed the names up. I was I I think it's also entirely possible that she was like, I want to introduce another gothic character. I can't think of anyone else in in Harry Potter. How about Hedwig? Uh, he's a human now. That's so. kind of what I assumed was the explanation for it. It's just like she's she's running out of characters to turn into goth twinks, so she goes for Harry's owl. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hedwig, I said seductively, even though I was not trying to be. I like that this is the one time that it said that she's not trying to be seductive when uh, seductively is used as an adverb modifying her actions uh, constantly in this story. Which implies that every other time it's said that she does something seductively, that's on purpose. So she seductively opens the door, you know, seductively jumps into the pensive, seductively gets into the car. Like, all that stuff. That's intended. But this this time she doesn't mean it. It just slips out. <laughs> she can't help it. It's a fucking curse. <laughs> yeah. Well, hi, Annaby, he answered. But then he ran away because he had hair of magical creature. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does. Feathers of magical creature, even. He was humming, welcome to the Black Parade under his brief. I know dat is not 80s, but pretend it is, okay? <laughs> Bye, I said all sexily. Dat was Hedwig. He used to be my boyfriend, but we broke up, Satan said sadly, looking at his black nails. Oh, was this, was this, the, was this the heartbreak? Yes, I think so. OMFG, I can get you back together, I said, fingering something I didn't know was in my pocket. A black coot is what we aim for, Sidio iPod that I could take videos with. Does nee one else know about them? They kick ass. Uh, yeah, but, um, that hasn't been invented yet, so it won't work. <laughs> it's also, uh, one of the most, uh, incomprehensible paragraphs in, um, the whole, uh, fic. The writing, yeah. I mean, the writing has been deteriorating rapidly, but it's it's almost completely incomprehensible now. Also, I I wasn't familiar with this sort of thing in the mid-2000s. I know they did come out with uh, iPods that could play back videos, but not record them. I have never heard of an iPod that uh, can record video. I mean, like an iPod Touch could, but that wasn't till later. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe I she think invented those came it. out in like 2008, 2009. Well, uh, if she goes back to the future, it won't work either because it hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you can forget about your class for now, Hedwig. I'm going to show you something great. One, I led them to the Great Hall. Come on, you guys. Uh, Hedwig already left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, I also I also like how the conversation is Voldemort goes this is Hedwig uh Ebony goes hey Hedwig he goes hi and then he leaves and then Voldemort <laughs> goes anyway that was Hedwig <laughs> um, it's really funny and he says uh we broke up and she says yeah. oh I can get you back together like he didn't say that they wa he wanted to get back together <laughs> <laughs> right he doesn't give any circumstances about the breakup like I don't know who initiated it. Uh, I don't know if there's, like, some underlying issue in the relationship that they would need to work through first. She's just immediately like, yeah, I can fix this one. Lucian, James, Sirius, and Snake were all in the Great Hall. Lucian wouldn't talk with James because he had tried to shoot him. Pretty justifiable. <laughs> yeah, that's reasonable. Like, that's reasonable. I'm surprised they're still sitting together. 
Go fuck yourself, you fuck king douche, he shouted at him. Draco is never going to be... <laughs> Draco is... <laughs> Draco is never going to be friends with Vampire now. One. Hmm. Uh, you've got that wrong. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, <laughs> I plan on. <laughs> I, I plan on having a son named Draco. <laughs> he's never going to be friends. He's with not her. going to be. He's not going to be friends with your son, Vampire. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Samaro, Snape agreed. But I know he was lying because it had been his fault. James had almost shot Lucian. Be quiet, you guys, I said sexily. Me plan was working oot great. Was it? <laughs> now I could make Voldemort good without doing it with him. Now Vampire's dad would never die and... Okay, Satan and Hedwig, you guys can start making out, I said, and I started to film them with the iPod. Oh my god. This is, this is a master plan. Cool, said Sirius as Voldemort and Hedwig started to make out sexily. <laughs> cool. Read that sentence. Cool, said Sirius, as Voldemort and Hedwig started to make out sexily. I think it speaks for itself. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we watched as today started to take each otter's clothes off sexily. Samaro, Sirius, Snake, and Lucian all watched because they were probably by. I know Snape was by. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to assume. I think it's like a requirement for being gothic in this story. Every single gothic guy is bi in this story. Um, yeah. But I, I like how she goes, well, I, I know Snape is bi because I saw him doing it with a guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big tip off right there. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> Screamed Hedwig as his Glock touched Voldemort's. This must be weird because he doesn't go by that yet. He's just screaming <laughs> yeah. the name of a potion. Yeah. Yeah. That's the weird part. Yeah. But suddenly, everything stopped as the door opened and in came... Dumbledore and Mr. Norris! One, 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 I would say that this is awkward, but they were already, like, uh, touching Glocks in the Great Hall, so... Uh, Chapter 42, The Black Parade. A.N. OMG, that new book is coming out really soon. I can't wait, 1111. Oh, would that be Deathly Hallows? You can wait. <laughs> yes, it would be Deathly Hallows. Yeah. You can skip that one. All right, so here's the, uh, the, well, I mean, just read it. Yeah. I think that Snap will be really the same person as Volksamort, because they are both half-blood, so that will explain why he killed Dumbledore and he hated Harry, 1111. Okay. <laughs> and then... Harry will have to commit suicide, so Voldemort will die because he will really be a Horcrux. 111. Yeah, so she called it. She called it. Uh, a lot of people are, like, um, completely floored by this, but to be perfectly honest, uh, this was, um, well, I wasn't. This was extremely easy to call. I also called it, and I was also a kid, so this, this is not, like, the plot twist of all time. I was not active in, like, the Harry Potter fandom then or, well, ever, frankly. Um, yeah. But... I mean, same. I, as far as I know, this was a very common theory. Yes. And this is also just, like, an extremely guessable twist. Um, I, it was heavily foreshadowed that Harry was going to turn out to be a Horcrux. OMG, I hope Draco and Harry get together. That will be so schmexy, won't it? If they don't, then JKR is homophobic. 
one 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 one. She's right. She's right. She, I mean, she's right, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Thanks for the help with facts, Medusa. You rock. One one one. Uh, I sat to Presley in Dumbledore's office with Hedwig, Satan, James, Sirius, Snap, and Lucian. Dumbledore was sitting in front of us cruelly. I love to cruelly sit. <laughs> he looked more young than he did in the future. <laughs> he looks 20 years younger. That's crazy. He had taken the iPod away and was now listening to a shitty Avril Lavigne song. In the 80s, I'm kind of impressed. What the hell is this anyway? He cackled meanly. I hoped he didn't find out that I was from another time. Whatever you do, don't blame Ibony, you jerk, Satan said. Yeah, seriously, she was trying to get Satan and Hedwig back together, Sirius said deviantly. That's so devious. Be quiet, you Satanists, Dumbledore cockled. If you're lucky, I'll probably send you all to Azkaban. That will teach you to copulate in the Great Hall. I think he's probably in the right here. I hate to say it, but... That's probably some sort of indecent exposure, right? I don't know if it warrants being sent to torture prison, but... Maybe that makes me homophobic. I don't know, like 11-year-olds go to the school. <laughs> yeah. He changed the song on the iPod to an NSYNC song. Oh, no, not the preps NSYNC. <laughs> um, also, like, hey, uh, Ebony, why was that on your iPod, huh? Mm-hmm. What was that doing on your iPod, huh? The phrasing is also very uh, weird because uh, she said, I said fingering something. I didn't know what it was in my pocket. So it, it's almost it like... It might not be hers. Like it just yeah, appeared there for <laughs> yeah. for plot reasons. I, I still think she needs to defend herself. Um, yeah. Because she's been saying that Avril Lavigne is a poser prep uh, this whole time. Yeah. Suddenly, I noticed something strong about the iPod. It was slowly chonging. Dumbledore didn't notice. You fucking poser, I muttoned. I bet you've never heard of GC, James said. <laughs> yeah, I bet so too. It's the 80s. No, I knew what the iPod was chonging into. Morty McFly's Tim Machine, 11. Shut up, Jomes, Draco's dad shouted. Yeah, shut up, Snake said preppily. No, you shut up, Dumbledore, 1111, said Tom. Th he's not I've talking. had enough of you, <laughs> yeah. I've had enough of you Satanists in my school, shouted Dumbledore spuriously. Suddenly, I grabbed the iPod from him. Everyone, jump in before it's too late. I jumped into it, but only one other person jumped in. It was... Satan. You dunderheads, one 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 screamed Dumbledore wisely as we went. He's so wise. I looked around. I was in the Slytherin Conmen room with Satan. I was wearing a black plaid miniskirt with hot pink fishnets, a sexy black MCR corset, and black stiletto boots with pink pentagrams on them. My earrings were Blake Satanist sins, and my raven hair was all around me to my mid-black. Hey, cool, where is this? he asked in an emo voice. This is the future. Dumbledore's iPod that he tried to take away from me was really also a Tim machine, I told him. Cool, what's an eye patch? he whimpered. <laughs> It's something you use to listen to music. I yacked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, he knows about so many things from the future, but now he's like, what's an eye patch?" And it's like, yeah. it's so off that it makes me think he's playing dumb, and this is actually, like, secret genius. Yes. 
OMFG, cool. Wait, what's a four-letter word for dirt, he asked in his sexy voice. Dirt? (laughs) (laughs) Dirt? Um, I guess sand? I laid confusedly. Yeah, I was just trying to make sure you were still the same person, he triumphantly giggled. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) What? How? What does that prove? Uh, I want to say it proves that she's an idiot because the obvious answers are either dirt is already a four-letter word and, well, there's soil, which is closer to yes. dirt than sand because sand and yeah. dirt aren't the same thing. Um, so he's like, yeah, you, you're the same person because you're a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're still stupid as hell. All right, glad I checked. We need to role play again. Oh, okay. Um, where are we going from? Hey, cool, where is this? Yes. Hey, cool, where is this? This is the future. Dumbledore's iPod that he tried to take away from me was really also a Tim machine. Cool. What's an eye patch? It's something you use to listen to music. LMFG, cool. Wait, what's a four-letter word for dirt? Uh, I guess sand? Yeah, I was just trying to make sure you were still the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, some of my friends walked in. OMG, you're fucking alive, said Ginny, wearing a black leather jacket. Black baggy pants and a gothic black from first to last shirt. I explained to her why I was alive. (laughs) (laughs) Well. That's generally what I do when I see my friends. I walk up and I'm just like, hey, sorry, I'm alive. Um, Let me explain. Konnichiwa, bitch, said said Willow. Uh, Freudian slip. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) She was wearing a black corset showing off her boobs with lace all around it and red stipes on it. With it, she was wearing a black leather miniskirt, big black boots, white foundation, black eyeliner, red eyeshadow, and black lipstick. Hey, motherfucker, said Diabolo with his red hair. (laughs) He was speaking with his red hair. (laughs) How does he talk with his hair? (laughs) He was wearing a black P at... (laughs) He was wearing a black P-A-T-D t-shirt. Instead of an exclamation point in uh, the abbreviation for Panic at the Disco, she put a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Panic at the Disco? She's done that before. (laughs) Yeah. And black baggy pants. Hey, who's that, Ebony? Bloody Mary question as she walked in wearing a black t-shirt with a red pantarom on it with lace at the bottom. Red leather pants with black lace and black stilettos. Oh, it's Satan, I told her. And she nodded, knowing the truth. How does she know? Yeah. Also, that is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, Satan started to cry. Are you okay, Satan? We asked concernedly. <laughs> In unison. OMFG, you're from the future one. What if you don't like him anymore because we're from different times, he asked. No, I still like you, I said sexily to him. Okay, he said reassuredly. <laughs> Didn't realize that this would was another uh, problem that uh, Tara has introduced in her time travel lore. Sometimes if if you travel through time, you don't like someone anymore. I feel like maybe this is also secret genius. I mean, like in the same vein that some of the other stuff is because I very much read in previous chapters that he knew that she was time traveling because uh, he would reference stuff that was going to happen in the future uh, from his perspective. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like he was on to her, but now he's like, oh my God, you're from the future. What if you don't like me anymore? I'm so sad. Like, and starts crying, right? It feels manipulative. I think maybe he's pulling a little manipulate, mansplain male wife here. I think that theory is is entirely plausible, to be honest. Okay, he said reassuredly. I let him listen to Teenagers by MCR on my iPod while I was about to go outside to find out some things. Okay, uh, you can you can listen to one song 
on my iPod. Yes. yes. I'm letting you do this. I will let you listen to Teenagers by MCR <laughs> to prove that I still like you. <laughs> I gave Diabolo a signal to keep Satan occupied. He's listening to Teenagers by MCR. He's going to be occupied. He's <laughs> probably going to start moshing solo. Satan fell asleep. <laughs> okay. Uh, you were a little <laughs> he off. He fell asleep during Teenagers by MCR. <laughs> Come on, man. I took the iPod. I was about to walk outside. Professor Sinister ran in, 111. She was wearing a gothic black mini dress with depressing black stripes. I mean, she's wearing a black dress with, like, black stripes, so she's wearing a solid dress. White and black stripped tights and red Converse shoes. She was wearing lots of black eyeliner. Oh my fucking god, where's Draco, 111? How did Snap get back here? I thought he was in Azerbaijan, I asked sadly. <laughs> okay. I thought I, I thought she was too. Wasn't she sent there for being too gothic? No, she was sent to Azkaban, uh, and oh. um, Snape was sent to Azerbaijan. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Enemy, I was so worried about you, but I know you can't fucking die because you're a vampire. Snape came back because that girl Brittany freed him. I never liked her. She was a bad student. Trevelry said reassuredly. Oh, the true villain. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but um, you said she was a bad student, but you kept giving her extra work. So yeah. it doesn't yeah. really seem fair. That bitch, 1-1. One, one. Did she also free Hergrid and Lupin? I shouted angrily. I hated Brittany because she was a fucking prep. Yes, they are on the loose at the school. Dumbledore is back. Cornelia is on his way to help everyone. Tell everyone you see to lock themselves in their conman room, Trevelry said worriedly. Okay, but where's Draco? How come he was doing it with Snape? I don't know why, but I know he almost tried to commit suicide after he saw you almost kill yourself, she said. OMG, that's terrible, I gasped. Uh, 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 I mean, the whole situation is. Yeah. But that's where you draw the line? Yeah. Satan was still asleep, so he couldn't tell what was going on. Then I said, listen, everyone, I have something impotent to do. In her, everyone stay. With that, I ran out. I think Satan might be pretending to be asleep. I think mm -hmm, this might also be secret mm -hmm, genius. Mm -hmm. Good luck, Tara. Eleven, everyone cried. <laughs> everyone in unison also said eleven. Everyone in unison had a Freudian slip. <laughs> yes. I ran sexily down the stars into the Great Hall while the portraits around looked at me scaredly this is weirdly atmospheric i was i was about to say this this is more tense and atmospheric and feels higher stakes than anything that happened in deathly hallows yeah yeah uh, read the next line there was hardly anyone else in the stairs and there was an atmosphere of horror on the way i saw Brittany laughing on the stairs she was wearing a slutty pink shirt with flowers on it a blue jean skirt abercrombie and pink stilettos. She looked just like a pentagram of those fucking preps. Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan. You fucking bitch, 1-1, one, one, I shouted angrily. That's probably, like, the best written uh, paragraph in, like, the whole fic, to be honest. It does have, like, a certain, like, atmosphere that really works. Like, this Like, tension? I know it's outright telling you that, like, this is scary, but setting that aside, I get what this is going for, and it works. Running through an empty castle as everyone else is locked in their rooms, Ebony going uh, on her uh, mission to save everyone, while like, portraits look around at her, like, but they're not real and she's alone. Right. It's strangely, uh... It's weirdly effective. Yeah. And then, and then, like, the comedy of, uh, oh my god, this is so scary, and then you see just, like, a girl in, like, a pink top and a jean skirt. 
on the- right but again like it kind of works and it feels like a payoff because we've yeah. been we've been uh told the whole time that the preps are the villains yeah exactly and Brittany has showed up a handful of times in the story she's been referenced a bunch she's a uh, vampire's ex uh like we know who she is she's been there at a bunch of important scenes uh so this comes off like like a villain reveal and uh-huh. it works you fucking bitch, 111, I shouted angrily. No, you're totally a bitch. Now Voldemort will, like, totally kill you, she laughed. Crucius, one, I shouted, selectively pontificating my black wand. And she started screaming because she was being tortured. And I laughed sadistically. No, one, help me, one, please, one, Brittany screamed <laughs> terrifiedly. I put up my middle finger at her. In her hand, I saw the video camera Snape and Lumpen had used to take that video of me. I put the tape of Voldemort doing it with Hedwig onto it. Then I continued to round down the stairs with the camera. I don't know the logistics of her transferring this video from the iPod to the camera. Like, this is this is the era when you had to have, like, a million different specialty cables to connect anything to anything else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just imagining she's got like a handful of cores in her pocket. She's going to be like, ah, which which one is the fucking uh, correct cable for this camera? How do I connect it with this iPod? Fuck, I need an adapter. Like, mm-hmm. when I had reached the Great Hall, I saw Vampire Potter. OMG, Vampira! One one. I yielded. We hugged each other happily. He looked at me with his gothic red eyes and spiky black hair. I mean, I guess it's good that. Well, I was going to say, I guess it's good that he looked at her with his eyes this time, but he also apparently looked <laughs> he at her also with, looked his, with hair. his hair. <laughs> After they hugged each other. Around them were black eyeliner and eyeshadow, uh, uh, written like it's an <laughs> Apple product. <laughs> Why? I don't know. His he was wearing a black leather jackson, letter pants, a Panic at the Disco concert shirt, and his black Congress shoes. He looked more like Joel from Good Charlotte than ever. Did you hear Dare Song Da River? It rocks. One. I was so worried you died, moaned Vampire. I know, but I'm a vampire, lol. When I woke up, I was back in 1980. So, anyway, I bought Voldemort from when he was young with me. <laughs> He's just like, okay, cool. Oh, you brought the guy who killed my parents? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Where's Draco, I asked spuriously. Draco? You mean that fucking poser who betrayed you? Vampire snarked with anger in his sexy voice. I know, but we have to find him. I said smarty. I'll do it then, Harry said angstily. (laughs) Okay, I agreed. She was very convincing. (laughs) Yeah. She said it smarty. Okay, I agreed. Suddenly, all the lights in the room went out. And then, the dork mark appeared. Oh my fucking Satan, Harry shouted. I think Voldemort has arrived, I said anxiously. Fuck, I have to find Draco, one. I guess we should separate. Okay, Vampire said. Diaperating? <laughs> Sadly, I ran into the Great Hall. And that is the end of uh, chapter 42. I was hoping to finish the fic today, but... um. There's a lot happening. Yeah, there's so... a lot happening, and I don't want to rush the last two chapters. So I think this is where we're going to stop here. Uh... So on doing research for this episode, I was looking up old comments uh, for My Immortal. I was planning to read them, but I think we should do that next week. But while I was searching, I found a news article about My Immortal, which 
I think we're going to be reading a lot of these over the course mm-hmm. of the podcast, uh, but I think it's really interesting. So I, uh, I think we should read that after the break. All right. I'll catch you after the break. And we're back. We're back. So this article I found is by uh, Vulture and is in the fan fiction news tag on their site. My Immortal got a lot of like news articles written on it on online. Um, but not enough. During the uh, the Rose Cristo fiasco. But this was from mm-hmm. before that. So it's very reflective of... Uh, that time, like before the the resurgence uh, of my immortal, if you will. What year was this? This was 2015. I think there's a lot of stuff in in this article that's uh, worth pointing out. Okay, let's let's hear it. I have not read this, so this is exciting. So this is called the bizarre unsolved mystery of my immortal, the world's worst fan fiction story. I, I want to point out. I've said this before. Again, there is no mystery. Um, really. Yeah. There's no mystery, and they're also wrong. It's not the worst fanfiction. Yeah. Uh, either it was a uh, a teenage girl, or it was a troll. But, I mean, it's not really... Even if it was a troll, there's, like, a high possibility it was a teenage girl. Yes. Um. Even if, like, if a troll did write this, I still think it was, like, an emo teen. I just think that there's a lot of value in... in to be found in my immortal beyond like oh what is this is it a troll fic or is it genuine like well i mean there's still a lot of stuff to like about it uh either way Uh, there are different ways Mm -hmm. you can read it it's it's a work of art that's right but this is uh by abraham reisman and let me read this article like Stonehenge or the works of Shakespeare, we'll probably never know who is behind My Immortal, the massive Harry Potter-inspired text that is widely regarded as the worst piece of fanfiction ever written. But there's no shortage of theories. Was it, as the text pseudonym's author's notes suggest, a teenage girl living in Dubai? We've already talked about that. It probably was not a typo for Dubai. It probably was not, no. If so, was her name Tara and did she make a handful of mysterious YouTube videos under the username XXBloodyKisses? X? No. X? Uh, I think at this time the article was written, they had already said, like, on a different account that they're not Tara, they're just having fun. But could it have been the fanfiction.net user who went by the handle The Batman and wrote a nine and wrote a nine eighty-eight word confession saying he crafted the story as a hoax, a confession that has since been deleted? I haven't heard of that before, have you? Uh, that's not ringing a bell. Um, I know a lot of people have claim that they have written my immortal there's a lot of authorship claims that we didn't cover because they're not notable there's not enough info is the batman todd g or is it a different person um i don't think so um but i could be wrong i know todd g had a lot of accounts i don't remember him going by the batman or even like being a batman fan so and while we're at it, who wrote the disputed 39th and 40th chapters of the story, which contain introductory notes claiming they were written by a hacker? Was there ever just one author, or was this a collaborative con job? Um, well, I mean, Tara wrote chapter 40. Yeah, that is that is an interesting theory that they have, though, is not that, like, um, one troll authored everything, but that multiple people authored the whole story. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but it's hard not to go down rabbit holes while chasing after my immortal. The story poses two great, as yet unanswered, questions to anyone who encounters it. Who wrote this thing? 
And was he or she or they playing some kind of prank? You can just say they. You just say they. <laughs> no need for the, um, <laughs> that's in parentheses, by the way. So it's like a, a wink, like, uh, we're totally woke. Just use they. Oh my god. Ever since it was published serially on fanfiction.net between 2006 and 2007, the 22,678 word long story has generated very little concrete information, but a tremendous amount of discussion and fascination. Its original posts inspired droves of comments, and although those posts were purged from the web in 2008, yet another mystery. That is a mystery, because we don't know why it was deleted, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um... I mean, we talked about when we were going over the Todd G authorship claims, uh, Sarah Zed had that theory that um, Todd is the one who deleted my immortal. Perhaps. Um, which seems semi-plausible to me, at least. Uh, I don't think she really got into what her evidence was, or maybe she did. I didn't watch her YouTube video. But um, I think what she said was that uh, his his account um, and hers became like fanfiction.net mutuals around the same time that... Uh, my Immortal was deleted. They were the beginning of debates that continued to rage among fanfiction enthusiasts and internet archaeologists. Is that what we That's are? That's us. Fanfiction enthusiasts and internet archaeologists. Indeed, there's an entire miniature Wikipedia solely dedicated to an analyzing every aspect of the story. Yeah, it's, it's called a uh, wiki. Yeah, a wiki. A wiki. <laughs> a miniature other... Wikipedia. <laughs> That's a word for that. Uh, yeah. There's fan art. There are parody versions. There are dramatic readings. There's a successful live action web series based on the tale. We'll cover that sometime on the podcast. Um, yes. The list of tributes, both spiteful and loving, goes on and on. It's really brilliant in its way, said Anne Jameson, an associate professor of English who's teaching a course about fan fiction at Princeton oh University this semester. Hell yes. This is uh, cringe to us, by the way. We, 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 are not, we are not in favor of this kind of uh, uh, teaching fa fan fiction in the same way that you would teach like... Uh, like classic literature or or anything like that it's it's just it's not the right lens to look at it through yeah i mean i absolutely if i was still in college and there was a class offered on fan fiction like doing a literary read of fan fiction i would i would take it immediately right but i know it would be a clusterfuck i would get all the names of everyone who was taking that class and i would file restraining orders against them <laughs> that's what i would do well, no, you, you have to take that class as like a, you know, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer thing, right? Because I don't know. I have I have complicated thoughts on this. Like, I absolutely think it's... Maybe I would find like-minded people in the class uh, who like 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 to analyze uh, fan fiction, like bad fan fiction in particular, as like a way of uh, like analyzing media and uh, our relationship with it. And then there would be... Because, I mean, this, we're uh, doing that on the podcast, so obviously we're in favor of that sort of thing. Yeah, and then there would be, like, someone in, like, the, the front of the class who's like, OMG, this is just like when Keith and Lance were... <laughs> <laughs> This is like that one fan fiction I read about Keith and Lance or like Kylo Ren or something. And like, this is just like dirty laundry. Yeah, it would be quite something to get into like discussing shipping culture in an ap academic context. But I don't trust that to go well at all. <laughs> yeah, not not for one minute, right? It's all the things that people in the fanfic community most hate. She's of the opinion that My Immortal is a satire and a viciously intelligent one at that. Indeed, she's made a story the first piece of assigned reading for her class. Um, <laughs> I take it back. This is my dream class. Yeah, I'm, take I'm taking this class. 
I do want to say that I haven't mentioned this before, but the main reason that I'm skeptical as to like whether my immortal is is a satire is um because if it's a satire then what is it satirizing it is the first of its kind it's not the first bad fan fiction but it's the first bad fan fiction of its its type there wasn't really anything like my immortal before my immortal there were some things that you could say were similar but it's just like too different and like following my immortal obviously there was a lot of satires of my immortal but it just doesn't add up to me. I don't know. I mean, my reservation with like saying like, yeah, this is this is um a brilliant satire by some secret genius is that I don't think it's 100% a satire. Like, I don't think this person is going in with a mocking attitude towards like the goth stuff they reference or, um you know, the emo bands. Um, I think this is written by someone who is genu- genuinely a fan of that stuff. I think the angle where it could be seen as a satire is that um, fanfiction.net was full of this stuff in the mid-2000s. Like, very broadly speaking, it was full of badly written stories that starred uh, gothic Mary Sue characters who were author inserts um, who, you know, came in and then all the canon characters were turned gothic and uh, shipping and stupid hijinks ensued. So in that sense, I think My Immortal uh, fits right in, right? Like, um, the first few chapters of this story I don't think would have um, been terribly unusual in 2006. It's the direction it eventually takes where it goes completely balls to the wall insane and cranks everything up to 11 is where it starts to feel like a satire and where I think it becomes really notable and crosses over into being uh, the greatest troll fic of all time. But... um, you know, if it is a troll fic, uh, the greatest, the greatest bad fic of all time. Like, I do remember seeing stuff on fanfiction.net in the mid-2000s that was serious and was broadly similar in that it was, like, gothic self-insert character meets canon characters and they turn goth and, you know, like, like that kind of stuff was pretty standard issue at one point. So I just looked up uh, Anne Jameson, this uh, professor, and mm-hmm. uh, on her website it says, the description is, Writer, teacher, professor, fangirl. <laughs> and then in the about it says, Anne Jameson is professor of English at the University of Utah, where she teaches and writes about literature and culture from the 18th century to the present. She holds a PhD in comparative literature from Princeton. And then there are some bullet points that says, fan fiction is literature. Fight me. Okay. And the next one says, also heard of Kafka? No big deal. He's my primary. <laughs> I have heard of Kafka. I, I heard he wrote a story about a, a man beetle <laughs> who hides under the couch. It was this real problem for this one woman. The tale, abhorrently spelled, gratuitously vulgar, barely related to the source material, is a constant millstone around the necks of fanfiction enthusiasts who struggle to bring legitimacy to the genre. Fanfiction isn't a genre. Uh, I don't think. I don't think this is. Um, this is the reason why fanfiction is struggling to be seen as legitimate. I'm yes. just, just going to go out and uh, say that. Uh, the word legitimate is, like, extremely, uh... Yeah, that feels a little loaded. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's also a singular study in how fandom culture works and strives to make art out of even the craziest... De- how do I pronounce Detritus. It? Detritus. Okay, liter- uh, literature major. 
Here, then, is a good faith effort to uncover how my immortal came to be, why it rose to infamy, and whether one should laugh at it or if it's laughing at you. I think we can do both. Both. Both is good. My Immortal emerged from fanfiction.net, a domain that was and is loathed by fanfiction connoisseurs. There are a lot of absolutes <laughs> in this article. Yeah, they, they speak very confidently about, like, everything. Fanfiction culture as though it's a monolith. Yeah. When it really um, isn't. It's, uh, well, I mean, fanfiction.net has existed for, uh, like, decades. Fucking forever. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, whether or not you think that, like, the website cultivates a certain kind of uh, quality of fanfics that you dislike, you cannot deny that it was, um, it was, it, like, extremely, uh, valuable in, in getting, like, uh, young writers writing fanfiction, so... That's where people posted stuff. Wattpad I mean, didn't... back in the day, that was the site. Yeah. Uh, it was fanfiction.net or, like, LiveJournal. And the way LiveJournal worked was it was much more, um, like, there were specific uh, fanfiction communities on LiveJournal, and they'd be centered around a particular fandom or a particular ship. They had their own rules, etc. Fanfiction.net was, like, the one general-purpose fanfiction site back in the day. This was before AO3. Uh, this was before Wattpad. Also, like, uh, um, being like, ugh, fanfiction.net is loathed by fanfiction connoisseurs who prefer to use AO3, a website that has been in beta <laughs> for years and years and years and keeps asking for uh, more yeah. money than it can justifiably uh, say, like, where the money's going or any of that. And that also yeah. allows um, stuff like uh, pedophilia and, you know, incest and all, all these kinds of... Uh, fix on its website are our pure um fanfiction connoisseur yeah. domain ao3 yeah i mean i will say ao3 generally like i feel like people on there hold themselves to a bit of a higher standard in terms of just uh, writing quality but it absolutely has its own problems mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a site you know people people on there will write explicit fanfiction about like uh, real life child youtubers and ao3 is like Oh, oh well, no big deal. Creative freedom, right? Uh, most of the money is not going to, like, maintaining the site or anything like that. There's no fucking, uh, there's no, fu they're not hiring fucking lawyers to protect their writers from copyright or stuff like that. That's absolute bullshit. They're just, they're just pocketing it, yep. But, anyway. The site was created in 1998 and prides itself on being largely unfiltered by moderators, meaning no one provides regular quality control. By the mid-2000s... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know, like most websites. Um, yeah. By the mid-2000s, it was reviled by high-minded fanfiction consumers. They nicknamed <laughs> the site The Pit of Voles to describe how wretched it was to spend time exploring it, and My Immortal fit right in there. I can already tell this uh, This author was on Live Journal. It's, um, again, speaking in a lot of absolutes. Yes. It's, its first chapter was posted under the byline of an account named XXXBloodyWrist666XXX, and that post went up some, sometime in early 2006. As Brad Kim, the editor of viral content investigation site Know Your Meme, put it, <laughs> The date is a bit murky due to the drama that ensued afterwards. It's not murky. We know the exact date. It was like March, March uh, something. That's when the first uh, chapter was posted. Yeah. The chapter begins, as all the subsequent ones did, with an author's note, or AN, as the text always put it, puts it, written mostly phonetically. AN, special fangs, get it because I'm gothic, to my gif, ew, not in that way, raven, bloody tears, 666, for helping me with the story and spelling, you rock, just in your love of my depressing life, you rock too, MCR rocks. 
She's right. As is typical of the story, this introduction is filled with confusing references to people and cultural artifacts. MCR refers to My Chemical Romance, a band led by Gerard <laughs> Way, then very popular among self-identified goth teenagers, as was Evanescence, fronted by singer Amy Lee, who released a song in 2003 entitled My Immortal. Um, well, that's not true. It's emo culture. Uh, Tara just keeps using the word goth like it's the, uh, the same thing. I mean, I think we may have talked about this, but... Being into emo was very uncool in the mid two thousands when the genre was still being established. So a lot of a lot of uh, people who were into emo music described themselves as goths. Uh, even bands like MCR, uh, who are now considered like uh, codifiers of the of the genre, um, tried to d- distance themselves from being labeled as emo. Raven is the author's perpetually referenced friend and editor. Justin seems to be the author's love interest, although he's rarely mentioned again. One other time. Then the actual story begins, introducing the author's invented character, Ebony. The awkward rhythm, strange digressions, and stultifyingly purple prose are best appreciated if we excerpt a narrative passage in full. Excerpt. The wording is just very strange here. Yeah, uh, this this, uh, author has a lot of nerd talking about stilted language. (laughs) Very bold. Uh, and then it posts the first uh, chapter of My Immortal, um, mm-hmm. which is, isn't is purple prose. Like It's really not. The prose is very much not purple yes. in this story. It's, uh, there are a lot of bad fics that do have purple prose. This is not one of them. This is not purple prose. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to Forbidden Fruit, which absolutely has purple prose. And it rules. I'm so but, excited to get to Forbidden yeah. Fruit. Me too, me too. And that, with the exception of a brief note asking readers, is it good? Bulls tell me fangs, is it? To a lay reader, it could just seem like a poor piece of writing. But for a fanfiction enthusiast, that brief passage would have been agonizing to read because of all the hated tropes it was deploying. Uh, I don't think the first chapter of My Immortal is really, um, is really the part that makes it so notable. I mean, of course, the opening of the fanfic is a meme in itself but that's largely because of what comes after uh the story starts getting insane a few chapters in the first chapter is kind of uh, by the book uh, self-insert goths in a canon setting it's all there jameson said the author's note that tells the reader to go away the redundancy of calling herself ebony while saying her hair is ebony that's not redundancy <laughs> that's not redundancy <laughs> she's explaining the reason why she was named ebony <laughs> yeah The extensive describing of the eyes, the describing of the skin. It was hitting all these tropes at once. That's one trope. It's the, like, so beautiful it's a curse or Mary Sue thing. Describing describing your character in uh, detail is, like, it's not great writing, but it's not really a trope either. Again, like, I don't think the opening is super notable. This is the part that is more... um standard issue for this type of story where you have your self-insert Mary Sue character uh, introduced to the readers. There's also the slapdash attempt to mash a popular work with an unrelated genre, in this case putting vampires into the Potterverse. Uh, not an unrelated genre, there are vampires in the Potterverse. <laughs> there are vampires in the Potterverse. Also, uh, vampires are part of like horror fantasy. It's the same uh, right. genre. <laughs> Harry Potter is a fantasy. Right. Uh, vampires, also magical creatures, you know. As well as the gratuitous shoutouts to teen touchstones like retailer Hot Topic, Lee, and Gerard Way. I like how um 
Amy Lee just gets a last name, but Gerard gets, I don't know. This article is weirdly written. Um, it is weirdly written. Very bold of them to criticize the way My Immortal is written when writing an article like this. What's more, this is a cardinal example of so-called Mary Sue fiction, in which authors insert thinly veiled versions of themselves into a popular fictional universe and have all the characters already be friends with them. Uh, not what a Mary Sue is. Uh, add that to the horrible yeah. misspellings in the author's notes and the standoffish attitude, and you had had an odorous stew for anyone who cared about fanfic. Again, it's like, I really don't think this first chapter is the super notable part. There were a ton of fanfictions that opened, uh, you know, not in exactly this way, but with more or less this premise, right? Like, here's my self-insert character. She's a goth. Uh, she attends school with a canon cast. Users stumbled across the story and began passing it around. Haiti Tandy was a vigorous reader of fanfiction at the time and first saw its initial chapters in the summer of 2006. It already had a reputation of being completely ridiculous at this point, she recalled. Yeah, again, because because the stuff after the first chapter is what's notable. Yes. Initially, it didn't have much of an impact on me because it wasn't quite as bad as a lot of other stuff. Yes, see, this is what I'm saying. But what got interesting was it got longer. Indeed, although the pit of voles was littered with subpar text that petered out after a few posts, my immortal plowed ahead at a feverish pace. Over the next few months, chapter after chapter rolled out, each one bringing more readers. Although the original posts are lost, tragically, Kim remembers mm -hmm. at least one post who comments section contained more than 10,000 reviews. And all the while, the text became dramatically more insane. The narrative got extremely difficult to follow. Ebony gets into a bisexual love triangle between Draco and Harry. Talk about redundancy. Uh, the latter yeah. of whom turns out to be a vampire and prefers for people to simply call him vampire. This is wrong. No, he does. No. He's not a vampire. <laughs> That's... God, getting the my immortal facts wrong. Come on, you guys had one job. I, I, it says the latter of whom turns out to be a vampire and then references the one person in the triangle who isn't a vampire. Why aren't we journalists and fanfiction professors at this point? If this is all it takes, like, come the, on. The bar doesn't seem to be very high. <laughs> the bar is not high at all. Hermione shows up in chapter eight, but for no particular reason, she changes her name to Bloody Mary Smith. Um, there is a reason. That's her real name. Yeah. Yeah, that's her real name. Her, um, her parents who were vampires named her that and then they died in a car crash. They all spend much of the story going to concerts, slitting their wrists, and traveling through time. There are anatomically improbable sex scenes featuring passages such as the following. OMFG, Draco Draco, I screamed, having an orgasm. We started Frenching passively. Suddenly, I fell asleep. I wouldn't describe that as that's, anatomically that's improbable. That's not anatomically improbable. <laughs> they, they, they came and then they kissed and fell asleep. That's, that's very anatomically probable, I would say. Perhaps the most egregious sin for Harry Potter fans was how little the author seemed to care about J.K. Rowling's original vision for the Potterverse. No one acts in character. Gentle old Dumbledore, for example, is prone to violent outbursts at one point screaming, What the hell are you doing, you motherfuckers? at a copulating Ebony and Draco. The character's name be becomes widely inconsistent. Draco is variously referred to as Draco, 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 Drake, Drago, and Darko. There's one remarkable passage in which Dumbledore's name is spelled two different ways in one sentence, and even Ebony's name is occasionally spelled Enneby. I would say it's like a 50-50. More than Enneby occasional, way, yeah. yeah. All of this, of course, led readers to wonder, were they reading a work of satire? Could anything actually be this bad by accident? To this day, researchers remain simply divided. 
It has to be a parody, Jameson said. I mean, when I first read Fifty Shades of Grey, I thought that was a parody. I like the phrase, when I first read Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm getting the sense that this woman just thinks everything is a parody. (laughs) I thought that was a parody, so I've been wrong before. But with My Immortal, it's as if somebody has a checklist for all the terrible things that ever happened in fanfiction and gone through and checked them all off. Damn, it's almost like this story is the trope codifier for a lot, what a lot of people think of as, like, fanfiction sins. Also, I don't believe there's, like, a, a, a list, um, like... Bad fanfiction bingo. But there are those who, after years of analysis, have come to the opposite conclusion. I absolutely think this was a genuine piece of work, Kim told me. I was write- I was in writing workshops on LiveJournal and Zanga, and these were the kind of things that would be formulated by high school teenager... In the early 2000s, indeed, a popular fanfiction hobby of the time was to pass around so-called bad fics, pieces of fanfiction with many of the traits that made My Immortal so unbearable. I'm with her on this one. Again, it's like, uh, yeah, but I don't know why they're not considering that both could be true, right? Like, there's an element of satire here, but this was genuinely written by a teenager who had this level of involvement in fandom culture. In 2006, however, readers didn't seem to mind the ambiguity. We were reading it and going, is this for real? Recalled writer and longtime fanfiction reader Cindy Alio. She didn't know if she was being trolled or not and didn't much care. She remained glued to her screen waiting for new chapters. There was such excitement for when it would update. It was like watching a train wreck. But here's the thing. If this was a hoax designed to make fun of fanfiction tropes, it was an exceedingly complicated hoax, one that, as the chapters kept on coming, involved a web of interconnected fake online accounts within and outside fanfiction.net, as well as a faked hacking incident. All of those strange, muddying details started to emerge once once readers began trying to crack open the story behind the story. As My Immortal grew in length, it stopped merely being a source of laughter and started being a source of confusion, harassment, and obsession. An array of groups swooped in to investigate the lengthening story, many of them operated as hacking-savvy hive minds. One of the most infamous online communities of the time was the mass of anonymous writers for the site called Encyclopedia Dramatica, or ED. G- (laughs) What was that? I think Joseph knocked something off the bed. (laughs) No, that's a perfect reaction to bringing up Encyclopedia Dramatica. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I'll give him that one. It was built on the same anyone-can-edit principles of Wikipedia, but had a black-heartedly caustic tone and was filled with blatantly racist, homophobic, and misogynist text. For whatever reason, its users took an interest in My Immortal and its author. I think this article has already described a lot of reasons. For whatever reason, I I think you just described the reason. According to Kim, who has spent years researching ED... It was that site's users communicating in private chat rooms who were the first to find LiveJournal and MySpace accounts that seemed to be run by the story's creator, given that they were written in a similarly disjointed style, had references to a best friend named Raven whose accounts they also found, and expressed similar pop culture interests as those seen in My Immortal. Unfortunately, those accounts were purged years ago. Public archives don't show any copies of them, and neither LiveJournal nor MySpace will divulge even the most basic information about them. All we have are echoes, information spread by ED users who not, which now exist as a kind of folklore in places like Know Your Meme and the aforementioned My Immortal specifi- specific Wikipedia. It's a wiki. It's a wiki. The accounts were written from the perspective of a teenage girl named Tara Gillespie who claimed to live in Dubai. Um, no. No. No, it's a misspelling. <laughs> it's probably, it's a misspelling. She, she, she writes. She wrote W. She wrote W. And uh, some people have... She also didn't say she lived there. She said, I'm leaving W soon. Yeah. 
That's the quote. That's the one quote. And was a self-proclaimed goth with a history of cutting herself, she was a ripe target for attack. Although the original ED was shuttered in 2011, a thankfully cleaned-up iteration has since been relaunched. Oh, thankfully cleaned up. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I've uh, I've been on uh, ED since then. I've been on the cleaned-up Encyclopedia yeah. Dramatica. It's, uh, it's not vastly cleaner, let's say. An archived version of the old site's entry on My Immortal shows the users thought Tara was the earnest author of the story and therefore worthy of verbal abuse. Tara does seem to be a real person with a history of displaying these gothic slash retarded habits. And I was, I was like, wait, does the article say this? And then I realized, wait, it's a quote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and as accounts on many websites corroborating her persona, the archived Encyclopedia Dramatica entry reads, the consensus was that it would be too difficult for a hoax artist to craft the persona of Tara Gillespie, uber, uber gothic retard girl, then actively create and manage Tara's many accounts, not to mention going to the trouble of writing tens of thousands of words of awful prose. Many of the era's more victims, more vicious online communities seem to agree that the story was legitimately written by a teenage girl and they joined in the hate. Notable sources of abuse were TVTropes.com, live journals devoted to mocking bad fic, the SomethingAwful.com forums, YTMND.com, and the still nascent world of YouTube, where users would upload dramatic readings of the text's more mockable passages. In seeming response to those attacks, as well as the ceaseless mocking the author received, I don't... I want to say I don't know if any of this actually, like, reached her. Yeah. I mean, um, I, oh, I hope it didn't, but she seemed to just be active on, like, uh, fanfiction.net, so she saw the reviews. Yeah, and, well, I, I would say, like, I think TV Tropes just had, like, sort of a mean page about it, right? Like, I don't I don't know if they were inciting any sort of harassment towards the author uh, any more than anyone else talking about the story was. Not to defend TV Tropes, that's a stupid website. But. It's a stupid website, but it's, um, like, I mean, comparing it to Encyclopedia Dramatica is a little harsh. Right, it's not, it's not the same flavor of stupid website. It's just kind of like, uh, people who aren't very good at literary analysis trying to do literary analysis. In seeming response to those attacks, as well as the ceaseless mocking the author received in the My Immortal comment section, the author's notes got increasingly defensive, impenetrable, and prone to mentioning suicide attempts. For example, here's a bit from the introduction to chapter 27. Saws, I caught an update, lol. I was really depressed. I slit my wrists. I had to go to the hospital. Raven, you rock, girl. Okay, but that's probably just an excuse for why she didn't update. She said that to garner sympathy. Like... I don't think that's a big mystery. One user, it seems, became so fixated on the story that she, the user claimed to be female, but of course we can't know for sure. Thank you, woke parentheses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, didn't really need to go into all that. Like Incredible damn, fucking, we can't know, like. Always know the gender of people on the internet. Uh, she claimed to be female, but of course we can't know <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. If she says that she's, she's a girl and uses she, her pronouns, and that's that what point is it speculating besides like um well we can't know who is who (laughs) this is like extremely fake woke Uh, yeah (laughs) decided to become a part of it chapter 39 bore the title i am a trolling genie house lulls and began with an author's note saying she'd cracked xxx bloody wrist 666 xxx's password out of boredom that chapter and the next were written in much more controlled prose that read like a lampoon of the previous 38 no it didn't not really it was a completely different style and that was like the point right it wasn't it wasn't satirizing uh tara's writing style 
Yeah, we've talked about it. It was it was kind of just yeah. giving giving the reviewers what they wanted. Yeah. To make matters even more baffling, the original author appeared to return in chapter 41 and seemed mostly unconcerned with the, with the hacking. And three chapters later, the story stopped. Chapter 44 began with an author's note declaring, Diz will probably be the last chapter until I come back. Sure enough, the story was never again updated. A few months later, for unknown reasons, fanfiction.net took down all the chapters, the site is notoriously opaque, and my repeated interview requests to its various social accounts have gone unanswered. Uh, live journal, myspace, fanfiction.net, reveal the truth. We know you know something. Soon afterward, the alleged live journal and myspace accounts of Terra disappeared too. All the world has left of the original My Immortal fiasco are copied and pasted versions of the story's text and the sparse fanfiction.net user page for the original author last updated in 2009. In the years since, there's been a steady flow of pseudonymous individuals who have claimed to have written My Immortal as a prank. Some of the admissions have been extremely brief, such as this one-line statement posted by fanfiction.net user gothicblood666 in 2009. Let me read that. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, it says, Why, hello there, I am a troll. I was pretending to be Tara Gillespie. Tara made a friend, and we decided to make our very own fic. Yay. Um, Anyone could say that. I could say that right now. Yeah. <laughs> not really notable. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Doesn't mean anything. And others have been lengthy, like the aforementioned manifesto, which further muddied the waters by claiming someone else took control of the original account after chapter 15. Intriguingly, there's even a Tumblr launched in 2013 by a user named Tara Gillespie, who said she wrote the story earnestly when she was an angsty teen. None of the users of these accounts would respond to my interview requests. Shocked. Perhaps more bizarrely, there's this aforementioned YouTube account, XXBloodyKissesX, which posted 10 videos in 2008 and 2009, all of them starring two young-looking girls who identified themselves as Tara and Raven and appear to be making fun of goth teens, but who never mentioned my immortal Ethan Cheel of On The Media tracked down the girls in the video. Their real names are apparently Sarah and Rachel, and they claim to have nothing to do with the story, saying they hadn't even heard of it until after they made the videos. I don't believe that. Um, yeah. That doesn't explain the suspicious coincidence of them picking Tara and Raven as pseudonyms, and the My Immortal Wiki still considers them suspects. Uh, I, I have an explanation. Uh, they're lying in it a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, they're just, they're devoted to the bit. <laughs> yeah. They're icons. The, yeah. mi the mystery of the authorship of My Immortal, even in this privacy-averse age, appears unsolvable. But memes don't need authors or concrete evidence to flourish, so My Immortal lives on. It still circ circulates wildly, much to the chagrin of the generation of fanfiction enthusiasts who are trying to bring the genre out of the shadows. It's not a genre. It's not a genre. It's not a genre. It's, it's a medium. It's a, it's a type of it's, writing. It's, it's a type of writing. It's like a... It's like a yeah. It's more of a medium than a genre. Yeah. For someone from outside of fandom who's never seen a bad fanfiction before, the story feels so hilarious, said Aya Romano, a journalist who writes about fan cultures. But I know from long experience that people don't need an excuse to think badly of fanfiction, to think it's badly written and creepy. Yeah, because a lot of it is badly written and creepy. Right, this is not an example of, like, a, a creepy bad fanfiction. The gawkers of the world and the something awfuls of the world find pieces like this and make them viral, and the rest of the world gets the sense that, that that's what fanfiction is. See, I think My Immortal, I mean, this is just from my vantage point as someone, like, who did read fanfiction, like, as a teenager, but... I think My Immortal is mostly considered, like, really notable and funny by people who are involved in fandom culture and are, like, uh, aware that this is 
this is like a hilariously weird outlier. Um, I think if this is your one exposure to fan fiction, you wouldn't have the context to get like how funny it is. Because like part of part of why this is so funny is that it's doing a lot of stuff that's typical for other bad fanfics, but it just takes it to this crazy extreme. I mean, this article even mentions this. There's a lot of fanfics that open kind of like this and then peter out after a few chapters. Like, Raven's fanfics are all this. I like uh, the implication, um, or, like, Mm -hmm. even the outright statement that um, people only think that fanfiction is bad because of, uh, like, fics like My Immortal um, and, like, the the bad ones, and not because, like, a significant amount of fanfiction is genuine dog shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there are much bigger problems with uh, fanfiction overall uh, than anything on display in My Immortal. Um, I think people who have a negative opinion of fanfiction, that probably doesn't come from, like, knowing what My Immortal is. That probably comes from, like, even awareness of, like, boy band fix on Wattpad or something like that, right? Nevertheless, there are still plenty of people from the fandom world who embrace My Immortal in all of its baffling wonder. Cindy Aleo says it's a sort of nostalgia for a different era of online fandom. She even misses the kinds of criticism the story got. Really? Until Fifty Shades blew up, Fic seemed like a bunch of nerds, not a bunch of moms, she said. I'm happy with Fic being viewed as stuff like My Immortal rather than a bunch of middle-aged women who read Twilight and try to write sex scenes. Uh... Really bizarre take. Really misogynistic. Yeah. Really misogynistic of you, Cindy. Um, Uh, I miss I miss when when people thought fanfiction was for nerds and not for women. For old moms. Also, like fanfiction has always been uh, female dominated. Yes, always. And it still inspires people to do creative work. The most notable example is My Immortal, the web series, a collection of 15 filmed episodes inspired by the infamous story. These aren't derisive dramatic readings. They're original scripts based on the ridiculous characters and logic of My Immortal, right down to referring to many of the characters by their misspelled names. The most common comment I get from viewers is, I can't believe I started to sympathize with Enneby, series creator Brian McLellan said. It's so beloved that its fans have even created fanfiction and dozens of pieces of fan art based specifically on the series. That means there are people creating fanfiction about fanfiction inspired by fanfiction that may or may not have been a parody of fanfiction. It's a strange world. Aleo thinks the ambiguity allows readers to enjoy the story without feeling guilt or shame. If we know that it was some girl who was at that age and is now older, then the story becomes nothing, just the diary entries of a young girl, she said. At that point, it would cease to have any commentary on fandom. And if it's someone who was doing a commentary... (laughs) If it's genuine, it still says something about fandom culture at the time. Like, what? (laughs) What does that take? Oh, if it's real, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. What? <laughs> and if it's someone who was doing a commentary, someone who wanted to see what kind of reactions it got, then it becomes insulting to the fandom because you all feel like you were guinea pigs. Not really. You were taken for a ride. Right. Either way, My Immortal retains its magic. It's forever elusive, hopelessly convoluted, and constantly discussed. If we were ever to be certain about the story's authorship and intent, it would lose its allure. Not really. Like the Jack the Ripper murders or the Roswell crash, my immortal stirs something <laughs> primal for a world who would see this limitless. <laughs> oh my god, that is a bold line. Just like my immortal is just like the Jack the Ripper murders or the Roswell crash. 
My immortal stirs something <laughs> yeah. primal for a world with seemingly limitless access to information. It's a secret that against all odds stays a secret. So that's the end of the article. Well, and that was uh... there's there's uh, there's one comment and uh, it it's by uh, someone called Mebo and it the comment just says Ali G wrote it. Imagine reading all that in your one comment as like, oh, I know who wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we've gone on for a very long time and we've said a lot. We have. Uh, do you have any thoughts before we close the episode? I have a lot of thoughts after all that. Um, I feel like they're right in a broad sense about my immortal but like all the reasons they cite are wrong which is really incredible yeah yeah um it makes me really angry reading it and but it's it's very frustrating it's it's like no you got it wrong <laughs> yeah uh well we've gone on for for too long and and we need to uh uh you know plan for for next week's uh finishing of of my immortal because we are actually going to finish it next week um so that is going to be all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Twitter or Tumblr at Literary Demerit. We upload new episodes every Friday. You can find us on Patreon or wherever you download podcasts. The song is Imaginary by Evanescence. And remember, we don't own anything. All credit to the original owners.